2: Welcome back, Bears fans, to so another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's February 28th, and it was just the final day of media availability here for the players at the NFL Combine. I'm Ross Wildewitt, joined by the one and only Nicholas Moriano, and the two of us are here to tell you about our takeaways from the final position group, the defensive backs. But before we get into that, Nick, you came down to Bloomington with me last night, and you were able to try a good chunk of our local brews when we went out for some dinner. I want to know, uh, did you enjoy what B-Town had to offer?
3: Yeah, no, it's a really cool town. A little bit of little bits of it reminded me of, of Iowa City. Obviously Bloomington had its own kind of flair there and then that what was it, Dragonfly beer that we had? That was that was fantastic. I mean just getting to try what ten different beers in, in the time that I was here, it was uh, you know, really good. I liked it. Yeah, I wasn't gonna specify it
2: was ten. I didn't know how that would be perceived, but I mean they're just little flights. So that all makes sense. But yeah, the Dragonfly IPA from Upland Brewing Company is Nick's new favorite beer.
3: Uh,
2: it's up there. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there. Now, I have a hunch that today's episode is going to be probably the shortest one of the week. Uh, there weren't nearly as many players available to interview than we've had the previous three days, and I'm pretty sure that not everyone showed up because of how the podiums kind of shifted compared to the sheet that they gave us this morning. Uh, but as we know, the Bears, uh, they cut Prince Mukamara and there is a perception out there, ha-ha, Clinton Dix will not return. So the Bears are in the market for new defensive backs, and we did find out that they are doing some homework on secondary prospects, albeit it may not be to the same degree as the edge guys that we talked to yesterday. But, Nick, do you want to go ahead and just kind of kick things off with your first prospect?
3: Yeah, so I got a chance to talk to Troy Pride Jr., who really impressed me when I was down in Mobile, um, Alabama, a guy that really excelled at the Senior Bowl. And being here now at the NFL Combine, he just kind of want to show... NFL teams that he is a versatile guy. He's really looking forward to running the 40 He has a track back background. And just from listening to him talk for about the eight minutes, eight to 10 minutes, I was there just so chill. Will like he just, there's no, he, he doesn't feel the pressure whatsoever with every answer that he was giving. It was like, Hey, look, there's a camera to my left camera to my right microphone here, microphone there. It's like, it, it's like it wasn't there. So, and that's kind of just his mindset. It's like, I love playing football and to have you guys here it's you know, it's a luxury. You know, I'm I'm here at the NFL combine about to prove my worth. Um hopefully we'll get drafted by an NFL team, which he he definitely will, but I just found that really, I guess, you know, interesting about him that it's just when it comes to pressure time, whether it's talking with the media or in a big game he He just doesn't he doesn't fold, which is great to see and he had a little bit of um some humor to him there's a there's a couple of players now down in South Bend that have some speed to them. and when the reporters asked him, oh would you want to race him he's like well if I get the opportunity I would and he's like if, if they want that smoke or something like that along those lines and he just had this charisma about him very interesting prospect but again I really liked what I saw at the senior bowl I'm definitely going to do my homework and watch more film on him because he's a guy like you said well Prince Mookamore not being there he is an outside corner and he, he's played multiple positions down at uh, Notre Dame but he's a guy that is worth doing some more homework on for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I actually wanted to get your impression here on a table interview versus a podium interview because I think that was your first table interview of the week. So what was your impression on that?
3: Yeah, yeah. So um, even for Troy himself, uh, he knows uh, one of his teammates actually got the podium, and one of the reporters asked him, so is that going to come up? He's like, if he brings that up, he, he <laughs> there will be some repercussions to it. So, um, But it was interesting. You have more of a... Uh, Not not intimate interaction, but it's there. Like you're right next to him, and um, I think it's just uh, you can make that connection a little bit more. Just have that more eye to eye connection. You're not having to you know fight a bunch of reporters for for space and for time to you know get a question out there. But I think if um, well, obviously our time here is done. But there wasn't just as many prospects I wanted to talk to that were at the tables. But it was a good experience for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Those are usually a little bit more relaxed, and it seems like. where a lot of other bigger media entities try to get some good camera time, some actual interview time they can put on screen on a camera, which is a pretty neat thing. Never really knew that's how table interviews worked until we are here because you don't usually see those on TV. Those are usually a little bit more behind the scenes. So definitely interesting to say the least. And since you brought up a corner and the Bears met with them, like you said, at the Shrine
3: game? Uh, they met with Troy Pride Jr. at the Senior Bowl. Senior area Bowl. scouts. At Bears area scouts, that's what he said. Um, he hasn't had any... Uh, formal meetings yet, but those will come in later days.
2: Yeah, it seemed like the DBs didn't know too much about what the formal interviews, they haven't happened yet, and mm-hmm. when they get their schedules, they don't know what team, they just said you have it at this time, go to this room, and they don't really know yeah. who it is, so it did make, everyone that we're going to mention here are coming up will be informal meetings, just in case we don't classify later, I'm sure you will, but mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that plug in now, but sticking with corners, uh, I'm going to talk about one out of Auburn that kind of intrigued me as we we're kind of preparing for today, and that is uh, Noah Nbignogany. I think that was right. Igben Nogany. See, I don't know why I had to pick such a tough last name, but uh, did some practice before we went live here for this show. But uh, just looking at his time at Auburn, he had 18 pass breakups over the last two years, and uh, he kind of said that his knack behind those, of course, is a lot of mental preparation, understanding nuances of an offense. and. Learning a little bit more about him, you find out that he actually has track experience and his parents were Olympic track athletes. And when asked about it, you know, hey, what did they instill at you at a very young age to kind of get you where you are now? And the interesting story uh, from Noah here was... Uh, his parents it was a very strict household all he can do is focus on school and focus on sports Uh, at the time he played soccer and he ran track as a kid until he was like middle school then he kind of transitioned to football when he was a little bit older but i'm surprised he said this here at the combine but he mentioned he resented his parents for quite some time due to this strict household he uh, always felt a little you know left out he was unable to go and play or hang out with friends instead it was his hard work uh, both in the classroom and uh, on there on the field as well and Now that some time has passed and he's grown older, he now appreciates it a little bit more. He uh, appreciates the worth ethic that they instilled in him. Uh, Obviously, he believes that's what got him to where he is today, but whenever you're a son of two Olympic athletes, I believe his mother was a sprinter and his father was a jumper. Uh, That's Obviously, you have a lot of good genes there and some great athletic ability, and he's someone else who, at Auburn, he started at wide receiver, and to transition over to corner, it wasn't a coach that came up to him and said, hey, you're, we're just doing this. He said he was getting his uh, his haircut after his freshman year, didn't go the way he wanted, and his barber was like, well, what about switching to cornerback? And he's like, I haven't thought about it before. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, his priest was like, ever thought about switching to corner?" he's like, huh, that's two people. And then a week later, his one of his assistant coaches was like, ever thought about playing corner? And he took all three of those. He's like, that's a sign. <laughs> I was like, I got to just see what this is. And so he ended up switching positions. And obviously, he's now here as a, a decent draft prospect at the position. Um, but yeah, he was the three people. That's an interesting story. And with his experience at wide receiver, he's, uh, he takes a lot of pride in his hands. Uh, he, he knows the stereotype, you know, corners can't catch. He doesn't believe that he fits that mold he knows he can catch, and he loves to leverage his experience at wideout as a corner because he can learn some nuances. You can see them counting their feet, counting their steps, and catching up on, you know, he can kind of anticipate when they're about to make a break because he's done it. So he's able to catch up on that, and he believes that's a big reason why he's been so successful at corner compared to when he was just a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other corners, or do you want to move over to safety? Because it seemed like the Bears haven't been really poking, I know, pride at the Senior Bowl, but at least here at the Combine, it didn't seem like there was a lot of interest at corners for the Bears. But I do know, in terms of some safeties, in particular some strong safety prospects, that's where we're starting to see the Bears do a little bit more of their homework.
3: Yeah, so actually, um, talking about a player that also transitioned, Jeremy Chin, he actually, in high school, was a running back. And then when he got to Southern Illinois University, And he only had three offers coming out of high school, so um, he's always felt like he's been an underappreciated, undervalued player. But he was initially a corner. Then after his freshman year, went to safety. Then back his junior year, went to corner. Then eventually ended up at safety again his senior year. So it's a guy that um, through that process, he says now that he still has the footwork of a corner, but he has that versatility as well. So um, just getting to talk to Jeremy a little bit more, uh, I asked him, like, you know, now that you feel like you only had obviously you only had three offers coming out of high school and maybe you just are overlooked, do you, you know, have a little chip on your shoulder. He's like, Absolutely, he wants to represent um his community what is he from fishing? Is that what was- Fishers, Indiana. Fishers, Indiana, which is what, eight eight miles, you said, just n- down the street? N- yeah, it's literally like a northern suburb of Indianapolis. So he said that he feels like he represents that community, and even though um, it is, he maybe has gone overlooked in his career, he wants to obviously um, do it for them, do it for himself. And I just asked him, like, hey, obviously this is who uh, we, we get to know you as a football player, what you did, and being a box safety, you know, high, single high, did all that, but I wanted to get to know him a little bit more as a person. I'm like okay so what do you do outside of football he's like oh I'm a big drawer and then I'm like are you one of those guys that need a picture like that's me when I have to draw something I have to look at a picture he's like absolutely I'm not that creative without it so I'm like hey me too and then he also said he's big into music he has a wide um, variety of genres that he likes to listen to but he just seemed very humble and a guy that uh obviously being from southern Illinois um and then in this and now that he's at the NFL combine he used to watch it growing up and he's like man you know, I want to get there. Now that he's here, just is really just soaking in the moment as he's going through this process, and I feel like that's a big thing for, you know, every single one of these players. It's, um, it's either been a dream to get here, and now they're just kind of living in it. Like Troy Pride Jr., he was happy that the media was there for him, just just like um Jeremy Chin here. But yeah, I, I really liked him just as a person. And once once I get back, um, eventually I'll watch his tape just to see what he's about.
2: Absolutely, he's interesting. Uh, like you said, uh, from Fishers, I did ask him, uh, "Are you staying at the hotel with the rest of the players, or are you staying at home?" And he kind of laughed. He's like, "Oh, I'm at the hotel, of course." And, uh, but yeah, it was interesting because obviously with the combine here in Indianapolis, and he grew up, you know, just down the road. It's definitely a surreal moment to go to Lucas Oil for him. And when you're looking at Jeremy Chin, uh, you know, on the field, he is a downhill strong safety type, like you said, he's versatile. Mm-hmm. He can do a lot of things, but when you're looking at the NFL, he is someone that could potentially fit that mold and be a interesting prospect in this Bears defense uh, down the road. But, yeah, Southern Illinois, small school guy, has a big opportunity, and he did meet with the Bears. Yep, informally. Informally. We have to classify. Yep. Yep. Uh, and for me, you mentioned that Jeremy has a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't get to uh, speak with Kyle Duggar uh, from uh, Lenore Ryan That dude, the chip is ginormous. Bigger than some of the chips in the media room that we've been given because those are some pretty big chips. But uh, he's from a super small school, like I just said, Lenore Ryan. You may not even know where it is. I don't even know where it's located uh, right now at this moment. Um, but he's built like a linebacker. He is huge. But he's a really good, strong safety type of prospect. He's someone that started generating a lot of buzz at the Senior Bowl. It's where he kind of proved himself and is hoping to kind of do the same at the Combine here this week. And just look at the production. And I know I told you a little bit more before we went live, but 200 37 tackles, 10 interceptions, 36 pass breakups, six forced fumbles, six fumble recoveries, two block kicks, and six punt return touchdowns. That was an amazing career that he was able to put together there at Lenore Ryan. And what kind of stood out during his press conference It's that Major Chip, like I was mentioning. Uh, He believes that he did have enough talent to play D1. He was totally overlooked. And his whole time playing at a D2 school he just wish he had more competition to go up against. He didn't say he was bored. He made sure not to use the word that he was bored, but he just sometimes he was, there was just a little bit more out there to kind of go up against, uh, which I can definitely understand, but it is something that uh, he's going to definitely have here coming up. Uh, you know, No matter what team he goes to in that situation, uh, the competition level is going to strictly rise for him, but uh, he mentioned he plays for his family. Uh, the name on the back of his jersey means a lot. It's more than just him. It's, you know, he's representing his entire family, and I'm unsure if he met with the Bears. It was a huge crowd around him by the time I got over there. But I did see both Jeff Joniak and Larry Mayer up there at that podium for the entire 20 minutes or so that he was speaking. So I think that's telling a little bit. Uh, Again, maybe not. But when you have both actual Bears staff people focusing on one guy... That's interesting. Maybe they haven't even met with them, but there's some interest, at least from a Bears PR, a Bears writing/slash content perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's something to take. Uh, at least I took away from this as well. But Nick, how about over to you? We got another safety prospect?
3: Yeah, um, I, maybe uh, Lenore just looked up where it's at. It's in North Carolina. I wonder. Obviously, being uh, little, you know, from a smaller school, Mitch Trubisky was a talk of the town maybe at that time, but. Um, yeah. Uh, one more safety that I wanted to highlight here is uh, Gino Stone from Iowa, obviously from my alma mater, but um, just got to listen in what the reporters were asking him. He said Amani Hooker, who was a guy I was looking at last year, possibly for the Bears at that safety position, was a big help uh, just going through this, this process for the first time, obviously being a guy that was drafted and now is on the Tennessee Titans making some plays for them. He said it was a huge help for him and for Gino. He feels, again, like a lot of these these safeties now, he has versatility. So he can play in man coverage, obviously playing with some really good tight ends, against really good tight ends on his own team with Noah Fant, um, just is able to, one, take what he learned from Iowa.
1: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
3: Position that now to the NFL game, because of that versatility, that competition that he's already had, I think that's, that's exactly what you want from this position now, because you're being asked not only to be a box safety, because you can't limit yourself in this game, but you have to be able to play press against these bigger tight ends, and he also said a lot of people feel like he can't cover slot receivers. He's like, he just didn't get the opportunities at Iowa to do that, but he feels he's more than uh, comfortable to uh, doing that at the next level. But, yeah, Geno Stone, um, he really – I think the big message or one of the – bigger messages here is that he just wants to prove a lot of people wrong so I I feel like again another chip on the shoulder a little bit wasn't heavily recruited but made the most of his time at Iowa and there was when he made the decision to declare for the NFL draft it's not that it was a controversial one but he he did you know go and talk to some of his former players former teammates and he feels like this is the best decision for him moving forward to one, just take advantage of the moment, and then just best future for him moving forward. But Gino Stone, I think, is another guy. Admittedly, I have not watched the film on him, even though he's an Iowa guy, but definitely someone that I will go back and watch.
2: I mean, you've watched him play. You just haven't yeah. been able to diagnose you know, and scrutinize it mm-hmm. a little bit more. This was another one that did meet with the Bears, right? Yes, just an informal visit. We're just clarifying it again, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, my last prospect of the show is going to be uh, J.R. Reed, uh, the safety out of Georgia. I uh, didn't really anticipate staying at his podium as long as I did, but I uh, ended up kind of liking his story. His dad played in the league for 12 seasons. I was able to learn a lot from him. He's a great leader. Uh, he was voted as, I think, one of four of Georgia's permanent captains for the entire season as well. He's known to being a great tackler. Um, it's his biggest strength. Uh, he's an in-the-box type of safety, and he was a roommate of Roquan Smith. Before Roquan got drafted by the Bears, and he says he still talks to him all the time. Uh, he talks about the city of Chicago Roquan has to him, and uh, they're so in constant communication. And uh, I asked him about you know going up against Javon Wims and Riley Ridley in the years past, and he mentioned that a really interesting story about Javon Wims that back when Reed was just on the practice squad, so like you're looking at you know freshman year, Javon Wims was like his guy that he was going up against constantly all season. And he said throughout some time, Wims is like the first player on that Georgia team to kind of take notice of Reed and then actually started to believe in his talent and overall ability. And, you know, that's something that, you know, you can tell it kind of put a smile on his face that uh, definitely Javon Wims and uh, J.R. Reed have a connection here as well. And he mentioned, you know, Riley Ridley also giving him some fits last season as well in practice. But it's always cool to talk to some guys about some of these Bears connections mm-hmm. as well. All right, Nick, anything else? Uh, again, it was uh, not a lot of prospects to talk about today. Our time was cut. Uh, usually it's been anywhere from three to three and a half hours. So it was only two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said, I don't even think everyone showed up because they kind of shifted where everyone was on the podiums. But uh, any final thoughts from today's players or just for week overall?
3: Yeah, so um, for today's players, I think a lot of these DBs, versatility is the key that they all are trying to bring to this table. And it seemed like they all had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, um, regardless of who you talk to, regardless of the size of the school, their background, what they've accomplished in college. There's There seems to be that chip and that want to prove people wrong, but also the versatility that they are capable of being single, high in the box, can play press, um, zone, whatever you're asking of DBs now, which is a lot these days. um, they're they're capable and willing to do it, but those are the big takeaways from just today's players, but overall, I think this week has just been absolutely amazing well like i, I didn't know really what I kind of knew what to expect. It was going to be long days, um just talking with Adam Johns telling us beforehand that's what you should expect, but I didn't realize how long or how much work we were going to do, but it, you know it's all worth it in the end because I think we've learned a lot about these players we've learned a lot about the experience here in Indy and how to just approach it to one just find out information and to convey it to you guys so it's just been you know a blast being with you Will being here interacting with the Bears reporters the players the whole entire experience I you know we'll never take it for granted
2: No, and I'm excited for next year, you know, knowing, you know, we can get in and knowing what to expect. And we've, you know, I think we are cautious, but not like overly cautious, but like just letting, you know, the professionals do their job and, you know, just kind of see how the quirks and how they go about it, and I think next year we'll have a little bit more preparation since we know ahead of time, and I'm excited to see what we can do, you know, not differently, but better uh, yeah. next year as well because, of course, here we're always trying to improve, just like these players that we talked to all week, but you mentioned Johns, and, you know, he has been great to us as well, so Adam, if you're listening to this yeah. podcast, doubt it, but if you are, I really do appreciate uh, the hospitality, you know, Fishbane and uh, everyone else, Patrick Finley, they've been more That's than gr- Jeff Dickerson, yeah.
3: Yes, Emma, they, the list goes on and on. Adam Hogue, so um, Colleen from the Tribune. I mean, there's just so many people that we, you know, if you ever listen to this, we're, we're thinking you right here because you guys were a big help for sure.
2: Absolutely. Now, looking at my calendar right before we went live, I did notice that tomorrow is February 29th, so it's an extra day. What are you going to do with your extra day in 2020? I think I'm going to sleep.
3: I think that's the best way to, you know, take advantage of that extra day.
2: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it, Bears fans. I do want to thank you for tuning into the show. I do want to give a shout-out to Jake Bull 96 Gundy4417, and Peter A. Wagner for leaving a review of the podcast. Thanks, guys. It's really ultra appreciated. And if you haven't yet, make sure to rate or review our show on Apple Podcasts. Our goal is 600 reviews by Training Camp. I think we're just 40 shy from it. Each review does help us reach more Bears fans like you. Without any marketing dollars, we do rely on you to kind of help spread the word, so make sure to tell a fellow Bears fan about us. And just like that, our week at the NFL Combine is complete. It's been such a surreal experience, something that, you know, as a young journalist, even like student at IU, I thought, you know, I tried getting in then, never happened, and here we are, and it all worked out, and it was a great time. It's such, like I said, surreal is probably the perfect word to kind of explain this, but thank you for all of the listeners and viewers for making this possible. Uh, We'll be back next week, which, Nick, uh, just to verify, we're going to do a post-combine slash pre-free agency mock draft.
3: I think that sounds about right.
2: I think we're going to try to do that as well. And who knows, maybe we'll squeeze in some free agency talk as well because we are nearing uh, that window. There's some news Mm -hmm. that the Bears are pursuing Austin Hooper that came out last night. So definitely a lot to start to speculate on, but very soon we're going to have some real decisions and some real signings. And then we get to talk about some new Chicago Bears, which is, Always a very exciting time. Absolutely. But we'll do that, like I said, next time you hear from us post combine, pre free agency mock draft episode. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>